But many of us Tesla investors are too painfully aware that the stock has crashed dramatically since its all-time high earlier this year. Two-thirds of that can be applied to the inflationary macro, but the rest of the stock downturn, you know, many are putting the blame squarely on Elon. Elon buying Twitter, right? Elon making divisive political statements, and Elon being Elon. So Farzad Mazbai, he is here with us today, and, you know, someone who's previously worked at Tesla for four years, he's been studying Tesla's business every day since then and running a successful YouTube channel. He's a great person for us to ask, you know, should Elon be replaced CEO? If not, shouldn't he at least hire a president or CEO who can run the business? A question that many people are asking now, is the board negligent in allowing Elon to continue hurting Tesla's brand through his Twitter escapades? So welcome, Farzad. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I love how you frame the questions with the most hard-hitting questions possible. And I'm just so happy to be the one to answer them today. So thank you very much for putting me on the spot. I can't wait. <laughs> it's very timely, and I needed to hear you specifically. So let's go. No time to waste. Let's get brighter. All right. So far as ad, right, the stock has clearly now decoupled, right, from the macro, broader S&P, the large market caps. And you know when it happened? It happened right around the time that he bought, purchased Twitter. So I'm mm -hmm. curious to hear from you. What is your opinion? Uh, you know, he's negligent of Tesla or is he still working at Tesla? What's he doing? Yeah, I mean, of course, I, all I can do is speculate, right? None of us know the actual answer because none of us have access to his probably disaster of a calendar, right? Um, just in the last space that he was on yesterday, uh, he he jumped off. I think it was on a space with uh, Tara Bull and some right. other ones. And then towards, you know, he's just talking, you know, shooting the the stuff. I don't want to curse on your channel, shooting the stuff. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, crap, I'm late for a Tesla meeting. And then he bounced, right? So the way I per I perceive Elon and again, I could be 100% wrong. I don't think the net number of hours spent focused on the company are that much different than they were before. So say, you know, he, he was maybe 40 hours or, you know, 35 hours at Tesla or 30 hours at Tesla. I, I think it's still probably around that number. Maybe it's, I don't know, 10 to 15% less. Because he has to, you know, any human being has to make room in his calendar. But I do think that it's not as less as as we think. The net number of hours now, mm -hmm. how effective they are, that's a completely different story. And and that's where I think people are concerned about his sort of uh, distraction, uh, moved focus, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't matter how superhuman the guy is in his ability. At some point, everybody's got a breaking point. Okay, everybody's got everybody everybody's got sort of a. Um, in that spectrum of ability, at some point, there's going to be diminished returns. And I think everybody's glass is different. My glass is probably at somewhere between 60 to 80 hours total work per week. I just, it's, I, I could be in front of the computer trying to crank stuff out. It just doesn't happen because my brain's literally falling out of my uh, ears, right? Uh, you might be at 80 to 100. Elon's at 100 to 110. I don't freaking know where he's at, right? So I don't know if that's necessarily... I don't think about it too much that way, to be completely honest. I don't think about it from the standpoint of, of is, is Elon not being effective enough with Tesla? Because I really do think he, he is. He is being effect, mm -hmm. effective with Tesla. It's just, I believe the perception, again, it's complete speculation. The perception is much more important in this case. And this mm -hmm. is where there's weaknesses and there's gaps, right? Um, from, from a messaging perspective, a, um, I think the company not, you know, it would be great if we heard, hey, Elon is working at, you know, Twitter and he is working at Tesla currently. Um, but this is what it's going to look like for the next three to six months. We are expecting our CEO to be working on Twitter for blah time. But, <laughs> but here's the deal. They've never done that with him working at SpaceX at the same time. And they've never done that with him working at Neuralink, right? So it's like wishful thinking maybe in a way to expect that sort of behavior <laughs> from the board or the company to all of a sudden switch. But ultimately, I don't think there is an effectiveness. Uh, I don't mm -hmm. think his effectiveness has changed too much. And, and, it, and if that were the case, I think that doesn't, I think that discredits the talent at Tesla, to be completely honest. I think Tesla yeah. is filled with talent. They're filled with leaders. Um, 
and of course, we can't say that there's zero impact with Elon working at Twitter, but I think it's much less than people think. Like we should give Elon his due for being really good at what he does, but we should also have you know, faith in the fact that if they are hiring the best talent in the world, and I was fortunate enough to see it firsthand, they're not just going to be sitting on their on their hands. On the contrary, those teams are extremely autonomous, you know? Um, I can't recall one time. Okay, I can recall one time. But every other time, we were 100% autonomous. We called our own shots. And I worked in the supply chain part of the team, you know? Um, so, yeah, especially especially if this is like, say, a three to six month term focus for Elon, I don't see that being a, a disruptor. Uh, if anything, okay. if anything, yeah. there could be a situation, sorry, if anything, there could be a situation where teams might settle into the situation that they're in right now, because Elon isn't like, yo, oh my God, deal with all these insane fires. It's like, okay, now we're settled in and trying to go a little bit more status quo-ish, you know, a little bit yeah. within the context of Tesla. But um, yeah, I, 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 but I can see why people are concerned. I can see why people are concerned because all you see him tweeting about is Twitter. <laughs> He's showing up at spaces and being late for Tesla meetings. Doesn't look good. Perception no. sometimes is everything, especially in the bear market. Good point. Now, you know, the stock has fallen significantly. And because of that, many people, even not just the investors, just many folks outside public are saying, you know, maybe Tesla's better without Elon. And so the first question is, would Tesla be better without Elon? Is that even a possibility? But two... Some people look at it based on stock price, but but if you look at the fundamentals and is you know Tesla's still heading out of the park so far they have they've released FSD uh, oh you know, I've been saying it's like regular delays not not outsized delays um, <laughs> they look like they're really well on track with Q4 and the factory a gig of Berlin is ramping up quite nicely so if you look at it at that point. <clears throat> I think it's looking just fine. But what what do you think about that when people you start hearing this people you know the bubbling up? Should Elon be replaced as CEO? Yeah. Uh, again, I understand where people are coming from. I don't want to diminish the the way people feel towards that because if there is a perceived lack of focus from somebody who's been very vocal about giving it their all, all to the company, and that doesn't appear to be the case, I can see why people feel that way. But I, I view it differently. The way I view it is. Do you think the company is going to be better off without one of the best engineering talents in the world? I don't know. Like if I was somehow Elon's boss, I wouldn't want to get rid of Elon. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I, I think I think it's a it's more about shoring up the gaps and the weaknesses that he's displaying today. I think Elon is not a perfect person. No human being is perfect. But he is very talented and he has undoubtedly been a giant reason why Tesla is successful today, which becomes mm -hmm. diminished over time because as the company grows and as more and more talent arrives to the company, the percentage impact that Elon's having to the total business's trajectory becomes less and less. So to me, it's not so much a question of is Elon better off with Tesla, better off without, sorry, is Tesla better off without <laughs> Elon? Thank you the other way. Is Tesla better off without Elon? I don't view it that way. The way I view it is, how can Tesla arrive to a point where it can be exactly as it is today without Elon? That's that's how I frame that question. Nice point. And the, the longer, I think the longer Elon stays at Tesla, the more likely that becomes because you have a, a chance for your culture to permeate as much as humanly possible into every single nook and cranny of that company and the mm -hmm. leadership that you've hired and that you've trusted in essentially become taught, you know, like a sensei is coming is like, this is how you run a business that's super innovative. And then if you're there long enough, everybody should be on board. Granted that Elon somehow doesn't flip a switch and turns into a crazy person, which I can see why some people might think that way, but I think he's kind of <laughs> acting a little bit par for the course for the kind of, um, you know, behavior. And I'm more than happy to debate that. It doesn't excuse it, though. Here, I want to be very, very clear. It doesn't excuse it. But there are certain trends that uh, I think he has as a human, as a human being, that just resurface, and that's just what people are. So, no, I don't think Elon's better off. Uh, I don't think Tesla's better off without Tesla. Elon. I, <laughs> yeah. I keep getting. I don't think Tesla's better off without Elon. But, um, but I think that Tesla should spend time in figuring out how to. Transition away from Elon when the time comes, because that's just healthy. That could take five years. That could take 15 years. It's just prudent. It's just prudent business uh, sense so to do that. Question I've been asking myself, and I've been hearing quite a bit too, is, you know, Tesla is now, four, what, 14 years old, okay? Mm -hmm. 
And why has he not brought on board a president or CEO? Why, similarly, why did he bring on Gwen? Shotwell. Gwen Shotwell. Gwen Shotwell at SpaceX. Why hasn't he brought somebody like that in at this point? Mm -hmm. What's your thinking? You were there for four years and, uh, you know, but, but it's a different time from that time you were there and where it is now. Is it time? Yeah. Um, I think it would help him tremendously to have somebody that he trusts at the top of the company doing all, all the stuff that he hates doing. He yeah. he has openly come out and said, I do not like I do not like being CEO. I like designing and engineering. Mm -hmm. I think it was on a yeah. call with uh the All In podcast. It was recently where they had the live show and Elon mm -hmm. phoned in. Uh Elon said that you know, when he first joined Tesla or bought Tesla or, or you know, whatever, that whole uh, inception of the company through through him, he, he was very clear in saying that he would have loved to just focus on engineering and design, but then he saw it as a moral obligation to become CEO, right? It's a moral obligation. So he's doing it even though he doesn't want to. So the question becomes, to your point, what's keeping you from doing that today? What's keeping you from truly freeing up your time to do exactly what you want to do as a human being. Like I'm just viewing it as like, if, 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 if I'm talking to a friend, I'm like, why the hell are you doing the things that you don't like, bro? Like literally, if I would go to you, Herbert, what the hell, why bro? Like you have all this talent. Why aren't you, there's gotta be somebody in there that's willing to do it. Now, what, what, what it could be is that there is a lot of complexities being a public company. I've never been the anywhere close to being an executive at a, at a public company, but I have been in the room with the executives in my past, and I know sort of how they how they think. And I'm not saying Elon thinks in this ilk, but but it's clearly a uh, consideration of how, as a public company, the markets are going to take it, where you are as a company, and trust. It comes down to trust. Now, I'm not saying that the leadership team there he he doesn't have trust in, but perhaps. Um, in his mind, he doesn't think it's the right time yet because he feels that he hasn't done everything he needs to do to ensure that the handoff to the new you know, CEO or whatever can be done in the best way so that that person can have the most success, right? And I don't know what those variables are. Um, it's, it's a fascinating question. There, there, but here's the deal. There is going to come a time. It's, it's coming. Elon's not going to live forever. Elon is going to move on at some point. Uh, just like every other human being. I think it'll be naive for us to think that Elon's going to be around forever. And I'm not saying this because I want him gone. On the contrary, I want him around for as long as humanly possible. But at the same time, uh, succession is important. And uh, it's going to have to happen at some point. So it's completely up to him. I, I support that decision regardless, because I think Elon has proved, has a track record of execution. Um, and he has, a, if there's one thing he does really well is build very profitable, very game-changing businesses. And so from that respect, I have zero <laughs> guidance to give him, but it's very, uh, it's very fun to pontificate about because you never know, never know what could happen. Right. And you never know where his head's at from that perspective. So I think Twitter would benefit push... from having a CEO though. Go ahead. Twitter. Yes. I'm yeah. going to push the question about who's the succession plan for the executive at Tesla. Uh, just a short bit because I want to jump first to the board. Okay, yeah. so is the, another question people are asking, right? Is the board negligent at this point, allowing Elon's antics, right, his divisive actions, letting Elon just run amok? He can do what he wants, right? Because this is his business. He bought Twitter. He has a belief of what the future of the world should be. He's idealistic, but Tesla's board is supposed to be control, you know, protecting Tesla shareholders and to Tesla's business, and. Let's take a look at who's on the board, right? So what, what is it now? Um, so you've got this, uh, let me just go to my list here. So you got this brother, Kimball. Mm -hmm. He's got Andrew Beglino, who's an executive at Tesla. Mm -hmm. He's got Robin Denholm, uh, Ira, and James Murdoch. It, you know, many are looking at that list and going, well, it's a pretty well a you know, small little group that's all pro-Elon. <laughs> Elon controls his board. There really isn't a board. He's making all decisions and he just, it's like his call, what he wants to do. Now, I'm not saying that's wrong, but as a shareholder for other regular shareholders, uh, what's your take on the strength of the board and are they performing as you expect that they should be or are they negligent at this point? Yeah, I, 
When I think of Tesla, the board rarely comes to mind, but I think this is a perfect example where um, the, there are gaps. There are gaps in communication. There are gaps in uh, controlling a narrative. There are gaps in ensuring that your investor base is undivided. <laughs> this is a result of uh, the company, I think Elon specifically in the way he ran the culture, uh, the outwards culture of the company, which is a very inclusive he opened the doors up to a lot of, you know, it's very unorthodox in the way he opened the doors up to people to see who he is as a person in operating Tesla, which attracted a lot of people in a very mm -hmm. unorthodox manner. But at the same time, when that group, when a subset of that group starts uh, feeling betrayed, slighted, like you're not focusing on 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 the mission, so on and so forth. That's the double-edged sword of having such a powerful gravitational force is that if you are not doing the right things mm -hmm. in that group's eyes, you're mm -hmm. not going to have a good time, <laughs> okay? And this is where the gap is. And so the question becomes, is that a board responsibility or is that is that something else? I don't know who else's responsibility it would be. It's not Drew's responsibility. It's not Zach's responsibility. Maybe Martin's? Maybe P, maybe IR, maybe if there was a, God forbid, PR department, right? Which is like the, don't ever say that word around Tesla, right? But there's a very obvious gap. And it, I'm just reminded of the fact that it doesn't matter how brilliant somebody is. And, you know, there, there are going to be gaps in the process. And I do think the board obviously is very pro-Elon and they have every right to be because he is a very unique force in entrepreneurship and business building. But if there was maybe more variety of thought from that perspective, perhaps the whole, hey, your retail investors, who are the people that you've been catering to very openly by saying you're never going to give up on them, you're first in, last out, buy the dip, right? Have you thought about the repercussions if maybe the, the <laughs> it starts going sour? I don't think so. <laughs> it doesn't seem like that's the case, right? And that's I think that's a little bit unfair to the retail investor. The one analogy I like to use is when I worked at the company, the culture had a very specific sort of uh, force to it, which is we were focused on making changes. Let's not worry about emotions or ego. Let's just focus on what needs to get done. And that exact same energy is being outwardly projected onto everybody. But the problem is, is that uh, as a Tesla employee or somebody who works within the company, one, you are filtered through that to ensure that you can survive that sort of environment. Whereas anybody can buy Tesla stock. If you have a hundred and what, like 150 bucks now, less if you do fractional sharing, you can buy Tesla stock. And so if you apply that sort of culture onto that public, you're not going to get good results in tough times because it's like, well, just suck it up. You know, like, like Elon himself coming out and tweeting, like, focus on the future is macroeconomics. Don't worry about it. Like, just think long term. OK, do you really think <laughs> do you really think that retail investing base is going to take that kindly? The question becomes, does the Tesla board and Elon view that as important? And I have no idea what that answer is because yeah. there is no answer, right? Where do you and stand on this um, question that uh, the re retail investors should have somebody on the board? Leo Koguan, uh, people are throwing up names like Gary Black and uh, Ross Gerber. I think, I think it makes a lot of sense to, ha to give voice to the investing base that you've, so, um, that you've invested so much time in. It make, I, that's the way I view it. If, if you've been so unorthodox in your, in your process of, of selling your stock, let's use the word sell sort of loosely here, but essentially creating this yeah. um, environment where the retail investor is in such a big percentage of your total uh, float, and you've been very calculated, I believe, in that, in that sort of approach, then I think it makes... I don't know if it's somebody on the board or at least a little bit of TLC, you know? And this is not for me. This is for everybody. This is for this is for everybody who's in my DMs saying what the hell's going on. This is for mm -hmm. everybody in the comments section saying what the hell's going on. The fact that that's happening <laughs> to me tells me there's a gap somewhere, right? Um 
and of course, do we help ourselves by being YouTubers, quote unquote, spreading the gospel and being like, hey, look at how awesome this thing is. Maybe we've brought it upon ourselves. That's maybe a, just a byproduct of having a platform and having free speech and coming out and, and saying what you believe in. Hopefully, that's what, that's what everybody's an honest player in this case. I, I certainly think you are and many others are. But this is the byproduct. This is the byproduct of building that sort of investor base. Um, it's, it's, this is a very new... And you layer in the fact that the company is so profitable. <laughs> it's so profitable. And it has so much talent. I'm like, why? Come on. Like this, we can solve this. This doesn't seem that hard. But again, you know, it, it, it becomes a list of priorities. And... Um, I don't know, man. It's it's confusing. Yeah, it's for it, sure. Confusing. It goes back to the board possibly being. I, I maybe not. I'm going to take out the word possibly. The board is very weak. <laughs> the vast majority of the board members don't own much of Tesla stock at all. True. <laughs> so not True. you know I, it's it's like are they're supposed to represent the shareholders, and yet the only major shareholders is uh, Elon. Yeah, and yeah. he's got so many uh, interests and missions that he's going after that it does feel like he has left. So I'm going to get back to that, but let's go back to the executives, right? So that's the board. Now when we talk about the executives, right? You have some strong players. I think most of us in the community feel very, uh, you know, respect Zach Kirkhorn, who's the CFO, Drew Baglino, the uh, SVP of engineering, Jerome, it's kind of a new name coming up with the uh, engineer or for the semi. But other than these three, we haven't heard of anybody else, right? That's I think you possibly meant Dan somebody. Ford the semi, right? Not Jerome, Dan, I think. Oh, what's Jerome do? Jer Jerome used to. You thinking of Jerome Ginn? Gillen? Yeah, Gillen. Yeah, president. Yeah, he, of heavy he, left he okay, left the company. Okay, gotcha. Okay, yeah, yeah. so you know, um, and and that, so the reason I bring this back up is because he was asked. Elon was asked in Q three about succession planning, and he said that it is something that it's, it's been discussed. Is that somebody that's going to be from within the company, which is what I would expect to be part of the culture of Tesla and who Tesla is versus hiring out? And so if it is somebody in the company, shouldn't that person or a bunch of people be at least brought forth? My wife keeps saying, why don't I see Franz? Why don't I know Franz? Because she knows Johnny Ive really well. She knows him mm. so well. And why doesn't she know Franz? I go, there's a great designer, better than Johnny. <laughs> well, why? And that's a good question. I don't have an answer to that, right? I mean, we know Franz, but the general public does not. Why are they not being given airtime and being you know, sent out? And so Elon is such a magnetic force. He's taken off, taken the, the oxygen from the air. <laughs> and no one else has the ability to stand up, which is uh, ironic because that's what you thought Steve Jobs was. But we, you know, we knew quite a number of uh, the, uh, the executives at Steve Jobs, right? You would, they would be on every, uh, every quarter, you would see them being showcased their piece of uh, what they own and they're presenting. Yeah. Why is this different? Why is it always just Elon presenting? That's a, that's a very good question. I will say, sorry, before I, I sorry, I will say though, I'm very, very excited and, and uh, impressed that every uh, event that Tesla has, he, he has a whole group of people. And they're all presenting, but it's, what I'm saying is that, which is great, right? It's like this big, big group of people and there's so many, but then you, you don't know any one of them and they're not as big of a person if there was at least five yeah. people that was focused on. No, that's, so that was going to be my one sort of pushback is that as of recent, he's done an excellent job bringing yeah. the talent forward uh, at these events. Um so there is, a, I think there is a very much a concerted effort to highlight just how much talent there is at Tesla and how capable they are. So I've, I've seen that transition. I'm very happy to see that. I think the other side of it too is, and I don't know if you've seen this in your professional career, but like sometimes people just stand out, bro. Like sometimes they just stand out. Sometimes they're just too talented, too <laughs> charismatic, too weird to not stand out, you know? And it's, that's just who Elon is. He's a very high talent, high capacity charismatic, uh, charming because of his flaws, right? He's one of the worst public speakers of all time, but you can't help but sit through all his stuttering, right? Because you just want to hear the next brilliant thing he's going to say. And props to <laughs> him so for true. doing that because I'm sure he's so like, 
you know, we know because he, he is on the spectrum. I'm sure it's very difficult for him to get in front of a crowd like that and do what he does. So more props to him for, for having that bravery. But he sucks at public speaking, but we still watch him do it because he's just so unique and such a talent, right? Um, so I think there's some of that too. It's, sometimes it's just impossible to take the oxygen away from somebody if, if they have the biggest lungs in the room. And that's what Elon Musk is, right? So, um, but I, I do think that the the recent trend of getting more talent in front of the camera at these events mm -hmm. is a step towards that, which is like, hey, I am not only Tesla. And he said that in the past. The mm -hmm. Tesla team, the team at Tesla don't get enough credit. They don't get enough credit. And I think this is a very concerted effort to start bringing people forward and being like, yo, check this out. Look at Dan. Look at, you know, the the AI presentation which I, I thought was it that AI day two with the bot. The thing that really stood out to me is that who was the first person that came on stage in a super male dominated engineering field, a woman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like that, these are the little tidbits that get thrown uh, in these presentations that I think sometimes get lost uh, when, when you're thinking about there's more than that. But when you're on Twitter and you have 121 million followers and you're saying some wild stuff, that's some of it's pretty divisive as of late. What do you think is going to happen? <laughs> so, yeah, man. And, and that's, again, part of, I'm wondering if Elon is thinking about this in that way, that his, how he, how he, let me, let me think how I can say this, how he approaches social media and his ability to have freedom of speech as an individual, does he understand that he needs to decouple Elon Musk from Tesla for people mm -hmm. to understand that it's Elon and not Tesla? And that's the piece where I think if you're allowing the public to make that decision on their own, you're going to have a lot of uh, turbulence through that period of time until enough people are like, well, Elon's just, a, you know, just whatever. He's just a guy. He, he's not Tesla anymore. But at, at what cost? <laughs> at what cost? So and that's 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 a whole other debate. Um, yeah. So it's fascinating well, to watch. If you had to guess and um, and assume that it's going to be a succession within somebody already working at Tesla. Is it Zach? Is mm -hmm. it Drew? Is it somebody I haven't heard from? Is it Tom Joe? Drew? Yeah, I have I have different theories on this. I do think, you know, initially I thought somebody like a Herbert Deese would be a good idea to bring in right. uh, to oversee mm -hmm. because the one thing I really liked about him was that he was a uh he was a somebody who was pushing for innovation and change in a culture in Germany, which is very much not there. It's like engineering squares 90 degrees everything process for everything how dare you nope <laughs> nope we have to be super super strict about how we approach things right and having somebody like that at tesla i think would fit right in um but really the question becomes if the assumption is that elon will continue to do design and engineering at the company which i fully believe he will even in a in a scenario where he quote unquote steps down as a ceo or steps up to you know, head of the board, sure. and I still get to play and do fun stuff, then I don't know if the leader of the company makes sense to be engi an engineer, because then you're just clashing at that point, then you're just adding a barrier that says, okay, but who's really driving the ship here? Is it engineer CEO drew or whoever? Or is it chairman of the board, engineering design head Elon Musk, and we all know who's going to get <laughs> who's going to win that argument every time, right? It mm -hmm. doesn't seem like the right way to organize the, the company. So where my head goes is like, okay, where, where are there um, opportunities for a CEO to fill the void of what Elon would leave, as long as he's working as an engineer at the company. And so my head goes to, if we fast forward in the next five to 10 years, what are two things that Tesla is going to be super um, uh, like the two biggest things that come to mind is they're going to make an incredible amount of money, like just so much money that they they're literally not going to know what to do with. So Zach kind of makes sense in that respect, because he's proven to be an excellent CFO, in my opinion, even with him buying Bitcoin. I've, I'm a big believer in Bitcoin. <laughs> I am. So, so that showed me that he's willing to take some risks. So I like that. Yeah. Zach is one. And then two is AI. And AI is going to be such a big part of the company. Right. So does it make sense to have somebody at the head that is going to be able to drive those projects into the future as Tesla evolves away from being just a manufacturing company into an AI company? Or it could be as simple as buying Redwood materials and sticking JB as a CEO. I don't know. That could also be a, a, another one, okay. too, because those two yes. guys go way back, you know?
Yeah, you just blew my mind. Okay. <laughs> I was all set to say to you, I was all set to you, no, 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 no. It's, you know, what is Tesla as a company? Tesla is factory is the product. So he should bring in somebody who's going to run the factories. He's going to have many factories. If you can run a factory really well, you can create any product. Then you just reminded me that <laughs> the company's not a factory. They are going to be an AI company, and that truly is their future. Um, you're right. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, though. You, and you yeah. could be 100 percent right. Maybe I'm maybe I'm too far into the future. But that's that's the um, the fascinating thing about this whole thing is that you have an individual, Elon Musk, that does all of those things well. Uh, from a from a from a design manufacturing problem solving creation perspective uh, even financially he seems to be very strong because he wouldn't be able to get a company he wouldn't we wouldn't have been able to start an electric car company in the middle of one of the worst recessions in recorded history and made it into the money printing machine that it is now you need somebody who knows how to handle money <laughs> to be able to get here and knows how to take risks and knows how to uh, deploy capital it's obvious yeah. Um, We're still yeah. talking about executives here. Um, not that Tom Drew is going to be as a CEO, but what do you think about him? Um, have you heard much about him? Have you heard about this rumor that he's going to be global president of the auto um, factories or auto or president of auto, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard of the rumor. I I never, I so I never met him internally. I, I never talked to him. All I know is that Tesla China is the crown jewel of the company right now. And Giga Shanghai, Elon openly has been very pro and very happy with their performance. And he's been giving China kudos left and right. They represent a significant percentage of their total production capacity. Uh, almost, I mean, 50% right now, maybe, maybe, maybe more, maybe less, but right around that area. And you have somebody in, in Tom who has a track record of excellence when it comes to ramping auto manufacturing. And of course, I think he also benefits from the fact that I do believe uh, from my experience and what I've sort of done, spoke to people uh, and sort of the research I've done, the culture in China is a little bit different than the culture in other countries in respects to hard work. It's very embedded in the culture to just right. go out there and kick ass because of because of like the, the agricultural roots they have and, you know, doing all the different things that they've built as a society that you just have to be just a psycho when it comes to hard work to be able to make a living. And yeah. that's a beautiful thing. It really is a beautiful thing. And so he's benefiting from that. But at the same time, he's been able to manage that and capitalize on that. And he's shown amazing things. So him being head of auto makes sense to me. Yeah. It makes total sense to me. But head of auto, right? Head of auto... Yeah. I don't think him being CEO of the company makes sense because no. it seems like it's a very, he's narrow in his focus. And so in, it, I think it makes sense for him to be head of auto. And I believe that the company will benefit from that because you'll take the culture and you'll take the learnings from the crown jewel of the company and you plop it into Berlin with a brand new slate. You plop it into Austin with a brand new slate. You redo Fremont, that chaos of a factory. And you make that into a, a, another crown jewel of the company, you know, and I'm not saying Fremont is chaos because they're doing a bad job there and not at all. It's because every single V1, like version one of every production line is in that facility and it's not optimized for good flow of product. It's like 17 different separate buildings. Like you're not going to be able to make a EV very efficiently in a, on, a, on a plant like that. It makes much more sense to have like a Berlin and Austin or a Shanghai, where it's just one building and the flow of material is straight lines instead of like this weird thing that happens in Fremont, um, which is how gas cars are built. And I'm not going to go down that freaking rabbit hole. So uh, yeah, I think Tom being CEO or like president or head of automotive globally makes a lot of sense. And I think Tesla would benefit tremendously from that. So on one hand, I think that Tesla should have a COO. Because they're well on their way. 14 years ago, 14 years old now, they've got four gigafactories. They've got many products. They're, they're just selling like crazy. And it's all about ramp production. But on the other hand, you've told me, and we can all see that Tesla is this kind of self-guided um, you know, self autonomous teams all over the place. And having yeah. that central CEO may not make sense at all. But why is it that Tesla does not have a CEO because I could argue that, well, SpaceX 
has one, or at least in title, her her title CEO. Why have why is there no CEO? And then just the, the broader question is: Tesla's operating like gangbusters, like the best company that's ever operated ever. You could argue how the he certainly started. He created the culture, and how is this possible? Right. Pretend you're Joe Justice, <laughs> but you're you're actually just like Joe Justice. You've been there. You've seen it. You were physically there. You were part part of the company. You you saw the factories, the supply chain part of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a lot of it is because the titles don't mean don't mean anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to be completely honest, they really gotcha. they they kind of sort of put you uh-huh. in a place to focus on. Zach, yes, he should be worried about the money. <laughs> Drew, yes, he should be worried about the engineering. You know, when Karpathy was there, shoot, he should be worried about the AI. But the way the company is built is you just, the problem solvers, you leverage your problem solvers wherever possible. And although you could create uh, departments, sub organizations, whatever you want to call it, that are a little bit more narrow in their capacity, in the end, it comes down to how do we maximize the chance? of a very talented person to make an impact anywhere. Mm -hmm. And that's just how Tesla operates, you know? I'm not saying that the executives at at that level are doing as much, say, cross-functional stuff as folks that are maybe, uh, quote-unquote, lower on the rung or like they are more focused on the day-to-day. But I think that Tesla operates without a CEO because it can and because Mm -hmm. it has such an embarrassment of talent. Um, yeah, so I, I would be more focused on who are the core players that they've hired that can make an impact versus who is in what title position. And I think that's part of why Elon went to, you know, Techno King and why, uh, Zach <laughs> is master of coin because who yeah. cares? <laughs> who, yeah. Dude, my, my title when I joined the company oh, was so, inventory yeah. control analyst and I was <laughs> designing... <boring. laughs> Very boring, okay. and I was and I was helping design an entire distribution <laughs> network for the entire globe with like two other people, bro. Like titles don't matter. It's all about what kind of impact can you make <laughs> at the company. And it's a good thing you met Cindy before you got there. Otherwise, you'd be meeting out of the bar going, "Yeah, I'm inventory <laughs> control analyst." <laughs> yeah, but I don't care. Like titles don't matter. Honestly, what matters Pretty is boring. how much impact can I make at a company, and do I feel like I'm being fairly compensated for that impact? And yeah. Tesla took really good care of me in that respect. And it was the most rewarding experience of my life. And I think a lot of people feel that way at every single level of the company. And that's really what matters. And so if you can attract that kind of talent, you're fine. Yeah. Who cares what your title is? You could be queen dog shit. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? You might have to beep this out. I'm really sorry for cursing. But it's all about impact. It's all about impact. There goes my advertising dollars. 3853 is a timestamp. There you go. Write it down so you can bleep it. (laughs) Okay. Um, So, you know, I I think we are seeing that Tesla's uh, self, it's funny, but it's, you know, autonomous, right? It's running on its own and all these divisions and departments. How does major decisions made? And is Elon necessary? So this decision of needing a new gigafactory and approving it, uh, Hiring the executive that's going to run that new gigafactory, you know, yeah. I, I can keep going on. Like, what level of uh, of decision does Elon need to be there to make that you know analysis and help make that decision? Yeah, I, I have no idea what the sort of the approval process looks like for a gigafactory sort of place. I would imagine that Elon would have to give the green light. But what's probably happening is that there is a a group of people. It's probably a lot smaller than you think because that's how Tesla runs. But it's a, a, a you know a handful of folks that are doing surveying of land. They are partnering with local jurisdictions. They're bringing in engineering to validate their findings. They put together a proposal. The local jurisdiction says, "Hey, this makes sense." They do this for multiple jurisdictions. Then they go to Elon and they say, yo, check out these four sites. We think this one's the best. Here are the variables you're looking for. What do you think? And then Elon's like, have you thought about this, this, and this, and this? They'll be like, yes, 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 and yes. And here's another document that shows you that. And then he's like, okay, let me think about it. 
and then you know he might take an hour he might take seven years i have no idea but um i think that's what the process looks like mm -hmm. a lot of the problem solving is done i believe i mean i can tell you for at my level all the problem solving was done by us and a lot of the decision making was done by us like a gigantic amount of it was done i mean mm -hmm. basically all of it to be completely honest uh yeah. elon was basically not involved in, in the in sort of environment that we were in mm -hmm. but when it comes to gigafactories and other things maybe like i know the the robo taxi the uh full self-driving these giant things for the company that are going to be extremely crucial to create the next sort of stage of the company and, and its ability to build things Elon is totally 100% involved, but I'm curious how much of it is approving things and how much of it is being directly in the process of finding out what's going on. Um, my gut tells me, sorry for my dogs, uh, my gut tells me that right now Elon's much more in the approval phase and uh, a lot of the problem solving phase that he would have been doing before has been delegated a little bit more. But that doesn't mean that it's not equally as effective. It just means that there's other people at the company that are just as talented as he is in that arena are making the problem solving and then they're just vetting with him from time to time depending on the severity and the importance of said things yeah i'm pretty confident myself that i think that the company is self-running at this point like you said and then i think elon said one time that if he you know like when giga factories berlin and texas were just ramping up and he was saying it's a money pit we're losing millions of dollars per day so then he focuses, he dives in, and he said that just 30 minutes of his time, it was like $10 million of savings. Mm -hmm. But it seems like, you know, there's fire. He, he, he said at one time as well, like every single day, it's a fire. It's brought to him. So the major fires are brought to him. He makes those decisions, he digs, dive, and he moves on. But if he, if the company's basically running on its own, and it's only the major issues that they need his help, and because he's such a brilliant guy, he can make that decision and solve it. But if he wasn't there, the company will just make those decisions on their own and move forward. And I think yeah. that's what we're seeing in the last three months. We're seeing that Tesla still moving along nicely. SpaceX is going incredibly well. We don't even talk about SpaceX, which we should be. And they're <laughs> they're launching a rocket every week. And it's almost like, you know, he said that 85% of time is on SpaceX and 15 on Tesla, but you wouldn't know it, right? Because these companies are just firing. And also, I've been saying this a lot, firing yeah. on all cylinders, yeah. and I can't, I should say that, right? <laughs> the Platt motor is at top RPM, whatever, whatever you want to call it, right? So, so yeah. let me, let me, let me put it in a different context, right? Well, first of all, let, let me just be extremely clear. The company is 100% self-sustaining. It's impossible yeah. to have a 100,000 person company not run unless, unless it runs. You can't just have one person be responsible for 100,000 people. That's freaking insane. That does not happen. The company is 100% self-sustaining. Let me give you an example, though. Have you heard any noise about Tesla service lately? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm weird because I actually think that service is amazing. Every time I've had it, it was brilliant. And I know I hear yeah. some people complaining about it, but I'm like going, no, it's pretty freaking awesome. But, it, but you yeah. haven't really heard anything, right? Like any, you haven't heard any stories. And I'm curious to hear. Yeah. yeah. Because it's self-sustaining. <laughs> because they have a team that's in charge of service that figures stuff out and they get it fixed yeah. and they get better over time. You know, I was part of that organization. It just gets better. Uh, the Elon is the Elon is a lever that gets pulled for ingenuity of the solution and the speed mm -hmm. of implementation. That's how I think about Elon within the context of executing a Tesla. Mm -hmm. So him not being involved at Tesla, if we assume that him being a Twitter means that he's not as involved in the Tesla, which one can obviously say, yes, the question becomes by how much, then the speed and the ingenuity for some very, very, very small things could be impacted by his lack of presence. But it doesn't mean that it's material and it doesn't mean that it doesn't get done. Right. And so that, that's what's very important. And I'm not trying to diminish his ability. All I'm saying is just what happens. This is what happens. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So for folks that are concerned about Tesla not being able to operate at the same level, I would encourage you to, to um, just let it play out. See what, Q, see what happens with Q4. See what happens with Q1. Don't take me as gospel. See their results. Yeah. If Q4 and Q1 come in right. and they meet or su uh, surpass expectations, there's your proof. You got nothing yeah. else to worry about. And I'm pretty yeah. confident that it, they're going to be fine. Yeah. And this is 
this quarter is the, the time that he's so, you know, involved with Twitter and distracted sure. by Twitter. So you're right. And then, um, you know, there's this notion that Elon owns all these companies, but because he owns all these companies, so one of the negatives is that he's uh, distracted because he's got his mind in all sorts of companies. He's running Neuralink. He just did a demo, right? He then next day he goes and presents a semi. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, we hear also that these companies, they're all kind of interconnected and there's benefits that he owns one and the other. Like when he bought Twitter, he actually brought in some of the key executives of SpaceX and Tesla to go there. And then just yesterday, he promised and he said that, you know, Tesla shareholders will benefit from Twitter in the long term. When yep. you heard that and saw that, what was your, what are ways in which Twitter can actually help Tesla? Because as a Tesla investor, that's what I really care about right now, because I got my significant net worth is there. You know, I'm a little upset with him being out of, you know, not not caring is what I perceive it to be. Like we said, stock falling so much um, because of Twitter. So if somehow he can start showing me that this effort to solve and fix Twitter and become good better, it's going to be beneficial to Tesla. Like one way I thought of it was the Tesla, the Twitter app is going to be a financial payment system. And it could it become the app that people use to then uh, hail a robo taxi uh, for, for Tesla's. And there's all these kind of different ways that it can connect together. You can use the Twitter app to pay for your financial loan for the car and the insurance and the subscription model that they'll move to in the future. Um, yeah. What's your yeah. thought on that? I I think I think those are absolutely part of the equation where there's going to be some sort of um, tool set that Twitter is going to be able to bring to the table as it becomes sort of X and that everything app that's going to have a implementation with the core business of Tesla. I think that's definitely one one thing. But the way I think about Twitter and it impacting Tesla positively is a little bit more, I guess, abstract in a way. And the reason why I think that's the case is because Twitter has, anybody can be on Twitter. Every single person that has internet today, as long as you're not in China or another country that prevents you from going on Twitter, can download Twitter. It's free. And barely anybody in the world can afford a Tesla right now, right? Mm -hmm. It's still a very, um, it's just expensive. People can't afford mm -hmm. it. So the percentage of the population that has been exposed to a product that Elon Musk has created and his teams have created is very, 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 very small. Twitter has uh, maximized the number of people that can be exposed to an Elon Musk product or service uh, that they get to experience the genius behind his ability and his team's ability. That is what gets me excited about Twitter because it becomes the light bulb that goes out for people that are like, holy crap, this thing is awesome. The Tesla must be awesome. I got to check out a Tesla, right? So that's one. And the second one is, if Twitter is going to be where, if it reaches the goal of that's where everybody's going to be at, right? Then why doesn't Tesla just advertise on there at one point, right? Over the long term? Why doesn't it become an advertising platform for Tesla? This could be five, 10 years down the road. So that's another way I think that the platform could be could be helpful to it. Plus the other things that you've mentioned of you know these like features that could be created. Um, I don't know, like yeah, like the robo taxi hailing and stuff like that could live on the app. But ultimately, for me, it's the product and service itself. I think over the long term is going to become a magnet for people towards the Musk brand. And not right now, <laughs> definitely not right now, but in the long term, I think that the, the platform is going to speak for itself and it's going to open up a, a floodgate for others to see just what, hey, like this is cool stuff, man. It's really cool stuff. You know, nobody can ride a reusable rocket right now. I bet you if somebody could ride a reusable rocket, they'd be like, oh my God, this right. is amazing. They see it mm -hmm. and they're inspired by it. They're like, holy crap, if this guy can land rockets, I'm sure he can build a car. And that was that's the thing that you keep hearing, right? So mm -hmm. if this guy can right. build the best social media platform in the world that I'm extremely happy to be on, I'm sure yeah. that his car is also great. And that could also become a, a, a net a positive mm -hmm. for, for Tesla. That's how I, I like the way you think. Yeah. You always keep making me think differently. I love it. Um, so okay, I'm probably I wrong buy... on all of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you convinced me. So. <laughs> Just because I'm persuasive no. doesn't mean I'm right. 
so you, I, I, I can, I can see how Tesla is as a company is operating on its own, right? We just, we talked about that and I can see how RoboTaxi can actually continue and develop without Elon's necessarily being there on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's already felt and said that he thinks that, you know, RoboTaxi is a solved problem. It's just now the March of nines. We've heard, um, um, oh, I forgot his name now, but the engineer that left, uh, Jerome? Uh, Jerome? Uh, Jerome? No, Which the engineer? engineer that left. Um, the AI director. Oh, Karpathy. Uh, Karpathy, I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Andre Karpathy. So, you know, it's it's really working on its own. But wouldn't Elon be needed for the bot? Doesn't is, Isn't that somebody that we really need? He said that this is now the top priority for the company in the beginning of this year. And now he says the top priority is... Woke mind virus instead of the bot. <laughs> the bot is clear. The you know the value to humanity, the value to Tesla stock, the you know what it can solve for humanity. As we said, it's like basically nobody has to work anymore. The economy is endless, right? I mean, there will probably could be used to solve world hunger. It's just unbelievable. But now he's not focused on it. Is he not needed for the proper development of the bot, which is in still in its infancy? So that's a great question. That's an area where I do think his impact is very important for the mm-hmm. long term. Again, so the longer he's at the company, the more chances there is that these long term, incredible visionary things become reality. But at some point, certain things are just way too crazy. And it requires a crazy person to dream <laughs> them up. And that's Elon on the bot, right? No one else who else is even getting close to doing something like this? One could, person could say, you know, Boston Dynamics has been doing this for a long time. And I would say, okay, does Boston Dynamics have fingers? It sure as hell doesn't. So we're not talking about the same thing. We're talking about an incredible, amazing mm-hmm. engineering feat from Boston Dynamics that I'm not even going to pretend to know what the hell I'm doing or talking about when I look at that thing. But talk about the usefulness in real life or the potential usefulness right. in real life. You're talking about two completely different products, right? So um, that's where Elon Musk's genius comes in. The question becomes, if Twitter, if Twitter is, if we take Elon to his word and assume that he will implement a CEO in the next three to six months, you know, he, him openly saying he's looking for somebody to be CEO of Twitter. He's openly said this. Mm-hmm. And we assume yeah. that this is a short to medium term thing. Does this materially impact the bot's ability to come to life in 2025 or 2026? That's how I view that equation. So I think if you're kind of going three months into the future, four months into the future, is Mm -hmm. really a three to six month delay that big of a deal? Because Tesla's late for everything anyway. (laughs) You know, who cares at that point? But it it does stand to reason, though that I do think Elon in that respect for the future products of the company, for like those huge game-changing things for the company, he's still very much needed. I would argue that like, say, if you're talking about full self-driving as an example, I am not so sure if Tesla needs Elon anymore to execute full self-driving level level five. You know, Mm -hmm. so the second leg of the company, I think is secured without him. Like 20 million cars by 2030, and Tesla FSD completion, I yeah. think that gets done without Elon. It's probably a little slower, but it yeah. gets done. But the bot doesn't get done without him. Um, so that's where he's important. Once, maybe that's what he's waiting for. Maybe once once he feels like the bot is ready to go and his help is not needed anymore, then he was like, okay, cool. I am, uh, y'all got this. Just make the, just put the bot to work. <laughs> you don't need me anymore. Make the bot go to oh, work. Nice. And then I'm going to focus like on yeah. getting my ass to Mars, you know? Yeah, I like that thought, that thinking. So you're right that uh, if his focus is temporarily distracted Twitter for now, but he has said that he's just supposed to be a new CEO. He just got to save the company, right, uh, right size the ship, and then uh, head in the right direction. It's only a six month delay. He has already focused on the bot for the last six, eight months. It started last year. So there's obviously activities in, in progress they're trying to make. And then, um, and then, like you said, the you know he'll come back in, solve the bot, make sure that's going well. But you know, and then the future products that we're hinting at, like uh, 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 electric uh, boat, uh, short mm. short short haul uh, planes, 
HVAC houses or HVAC uh, products. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but I think for me, the only, the thing that is keeping him at Tesla is the bot. I think once the bot is on its way, he is going to continue buying new companies. So I took, I took a look and I just mapped it out all the companies that Elon has bought. And there is a clear pattern. Basically, you know, he started two on the same year, but then every three, five years, three years, he buys, he sets up a new company and people going, Oh, that's it. Oh, that's over. <laughs> it's not. He bought Twitter this year. In two years, that's there's going to be a brand new separate company. And in fact, for the society, if we think he's a good person, it's a good thing, you know, because he's solving so many things society needs. We should be so happy that he just moves on. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we're because we're Tesla investors, we're being selfish to trying to keep him in Tesla. But if he can go and solve other products, like you know, I was at uh, uh, Giga the Giga the, the, the Giga party to Giga um, um, in Texas, mm-hmm. uh, Giga Rodeo, and I able to talk to Elon and his brother Kimball, and I asked Kimball, "Are you guys working on World Hunger?" And he said, "Yep, we are." And so I think that. There is some thinking about how do you generate food? Because if you go to Mars, how do you do that? So he'll move on to those things. And it's a good thing for humanity. But um, so what is, what would you, what what, if you had a chance to talk to Elon right now and you are a a Tesla retail investor, he wants to hear your advice. What advice would you give him to help, uh, you know, you being the kind of in between the retail investors and him right now, what advice would you give him? Yeah, that's that's a great question. I would go back to what I mentioned earlier and and reference back to, um, you know, I'm going to pretend you're Elon. Elon, what's up? How's your day going? Um, so the thing that I would be really cognizant of and try to really focus on is that you've opened this door to the retail investor. You've done such a good job in the last 10 years and you've been mm. so gracious with your time and gracious with the uh, you know ability for people to see what you're doing and you've been so brave in being vulnerable you've been so brave in being uh tackling this company in such a different manner that you've earned so many people's respects and so so many people um look up to you and they see this company that is so game changing and they view your word and they view you as somebody that they can trust. And so if you are, if you are saying certain things on say on a public sphere, or you're getting yourself out there and you, you are more than free to exercise your personal right of saying whatever you want and doing whatever you want, but make sure you're cognizant of the effect this has on an investor base that you've built in a very unorthodox manner the same rules don't apply. And so my advice would be, think about, think about that. <laughs> if you're not thinking about it, think about it. And if you are thinking about it, I would encourage you to perhaps prioritize it a little bit higher. Because there, there is a bit of pain and there's a bit of erosion of trust, I think, when folks feel like they're being betrayed or they're being lied to, or even if it's right or wrong. Again, this is perception. This is why this is so important. And I'm and I'm not anybody, I am not anybody that could tell anybody that their feelings are not correct in this situation. Because more often than not, they're probably right, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing I would tell them is try to be less divisive and be more and try to unite more. What the beautiful thing that he had at the beginning of the Tesla journey and throughout the, the 2010s is that this mission was to advance the world to a sustainable future. It was a hug around humanity that said, yeah. we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. And as of late, regardless of what it is, and he's more than welcome again to say whatever he wants as an individual, but think about the second order effects of moving away from being a uniter to being a little bit more divisive, regardless of if you're correct or not. Are you thinking about that? And are you thinking about how that impacts the brand, either be it small or, or big? Do you recognize that you are the face of Tesla? Do you recognize that people look to you as the face of Tesla, regardless if you, you view yourself as the face of, of Tesla or not? Are you aware of what this looks like? And all these, all this could be yes, 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 but none of this matters because we should be focused on the long term. Okay, fine. That's the, that's the decision you've made. 
And if you think that the risk from that is lower <laughs> than we're putting it, then okay, I respect your decision. Yeah. But I, I hope somebody's telling you this. And, uh, yeah. and if you decide that, that it's not that it's, you know, thank you very much for the feedback, I'll think about it. And you continue going your own way. Fine, no problem. I've gave you my two cents. I still feel like you've done an amazing job putting together a business that from a wealth creation mm -hmm. perspective, it's going to be incredible. And but but the magic of Elon will start to erode, to be completely honest. And it just it's a matter of okay, how important is that to you? So yeah, that's what I would tell. Love it. Um, you Yeah, I really like what you just said. But uh, the the um, the the thing that you said to me uh, five months ago when I interviewed you that still really sticks with me. I asked you why did you leave Tesla, and why did you decide to become a YouTuber? And your answer was really good, and uh, it was you said something like, um, "You saw that Tesla, the community, is bigger than Tesla, the company, than Elon, and even the mission." And so that, that's why you said, you know, you could be working in a Tesla, the company, and you're contributing and you're doing a lot of good stuff, but you can actually create and be part of this community that we're all part of. Um, and as Elon moves on from different companies and so forth, it's the community. And, and there's just so happened a Tesla community is pretty powerful, pretty strong, pretty big. Um, it can continue with the mission and it continue without Elon here. And mm -hmm. so that's sort of like, it's on us as a community to stick together <laughs> to remember why we are part of this company beyond just making money, but also the mission and then ourselves. Um, so maybe Elon will watch this video because of you, Farzad. He's going to tune I'll send, in. going to hear him. your message. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I think, I, I, yeah, it, dude, it's like the, the way to navigate through this is not by attacking each other, is by attacking the, the gap, right? And we do this together. But we don't do this by... The one thing, and, and I'll be very honest, I'm going to call this out on here. I don't like when people come out and say in the comment section, oh, you're stupid if you're not in this for the long term. You're just a short-term trader. You're, you're a moron. Like, like, I hate that type of behavior because it's divisive, man. Like, if you really, you know, you're more than welcome to have that, you know, you know what, say whatever you want. I'm not even going to tell you what not to say, right? But are you aware of the impact you're making in a community when you're saying that kind of verbiage and you're saying those kinds of things? If you are, fine. More power to you. Feel free to do so. But in times like these, I think it's extremely important to allow all the voices to come forward. Dissenting, approving, passionate, dispassionate, uh, betrayed, in love, mm. <laughs> unmovable, super strong-headed, uh, you know, stubborn, and I'm thinking of personalities as I'm going through this, right? And I love every single one of them. Yes. And I love every single one of them. I really do. Because it's that chorus. It's that combination of voices that yeah. I think will allow the individual to ultimately make their best decision for themselves. And sitting down and assuming that this right now is not a challenging time, I think is counterintuitive to building a community that is actually capable of making a difference. And, and this is... I think it's extremely important for us to be able to have just how, how you so brilliantly have done here with your channel is to have a, a, a place for all of us to come together and talk about how we feel, what we think should be the proper outcome for where we are now, not just as community members, but as investors. And we should do so with the utmost respect for each other and to not just be dismissive or to somehow try to drive a wedge that says one side is smarter than the other or one side is dumber than the other. That's just not how things are optimally built. And that's not how things are optimally solved. And I say this as somebody who has been a leader in multiple organizations uh, at different levels, and I've it, it's just not the best way. And I'm not saying this is a job, but what I'm saying is like that's just not a way to build something that's strong. You have nothing different. Literally, the Tesla community, if, this, if, if we are driving those dissenting voices in the way that, that I've been seeing lately, it, sh it does nothing. It, it, we're just like anybody else. And maybe that's okay, too. But there's something special about what we have. And yeah. um, I don't know. We should cherish it, and we should make it healthy. And we make it healthy by being open. It, just in the same token as you know, Elon Musk himself, mm -hmm. the quote-unquote leader of this community, 
What does he say? Okay, go on Twitter and speak your mind. Just do it on Twitter. Okay, cool. Why shouldn't that <laughs> apply to absolutely everything, including the company that he's running? It seems healthy. Yeah. And so I encourage everybody to do that. And thank you for creating a place where your questions are fantastic, Her Herbert. Very good questions. Oh, thank you. Not easy questions, but I think that's the kind of <laughs> questions you have to go through. And I, and I mean that honestly. It's, that, it's not like I'm uncomfortable answering them. It's just that they're difficult. It's complex. I've never been here before. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but I'm trying to figure it out just like everybody else, you know? <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much, Farzad. You're awesome. You made me brighter, but also inspired. You, you seem to do that. Uh, everybody should follow Farzad on Twitter. I love his uh, Farzad hand or Twitter handle at Farziness. That's and right. of course, his amazing YouTube channel is just blowing up all over the place. Thanks again, Farzad. Appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. Talk soon. My Bye -bye. pleasure. Thank you.